10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. I, I'm nodding along. I agree. I love a cold studio. I do. It's not cold enough in here. I'll say that. Hold on a sec. Nope, not cold enough. No. I had to check. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and your smart speaker, however you found us, we're glad you did. It's uh, Chris Budden, Randy Scott in for the guys. I'm in Bristol. She's in Dallas. Advantage Chris Budden, at Chris Budden on Twitter, K for Chris, and two Ds for Budden, at Randy Scott, ESPN for me on Twitter. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance, and the phone number is 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. His Twitter handle is just at Chris Carlin. His name's on the marquee. Chris Carlin hosted this program. Joining us now by that same phone number. Um, Chris, give me a, give me a, a, a temperature here. Okay, we don't need to talk about... We don't need to talk about body parts. We don't. You've already said the word. Haven't You've said already it. said it. Never said it. Didn't say We're it on the air. We're going to pull the tape. Didn't, yeah, you can go ahead and nip pull the tape all you want. Chris, give me a temperature for what does it for you here in the studio. Like, you like it what? Because I'll, I'll say that Steve Levy's the guy on the Sports Center side. Loves it frosty. So what's your, what's your temperature zone here? First of all, if this is how they've chosen to fire me, it's cruel and unusual punishment. <laughs> um. Yes, I listen. Uh, I am unabashedly uh, three bills in terms of what I weigh, and when I did TV, it was like two eighty-five. I'm I'm way too big, so I do sweat when it's thirty degrees outside sometimes, and and so yeah, it's got to be it, with all those lights. I mean, I think fifty degrees is more than appropriate in the studio 50 degrees i I mean i don't think they can get it that low but i don't even all i know is i like a good brisk uh stream of air conditioning right in my face so 285 i'm not going to ask your body percentage fat but are you saying yes or no you could play for the pelicans oh there's no question i mean listen if zion's calling me for weight advice and for dieting advice yeah i could absolutely play for the pelicans and, we, and you know what if we were paying you 33.25 million dollars yeah. in the first year of the contract extension you could probably figure it out oh yeah absolutely i could figure it out I, and listen yeah. it is what it is but at the same time i'd like to think i carry it pretty well that's you, just me you know what i'll agree I'll, I'll echo that he's chris carlin uh chris budden randy scott in for the guys on canty and carlin on espn radio a little bit on the smaller side of 285 and maybe a little bit shorter as well relative in height to zion Kyler Murray. Man, yesterday this press conference just felt bizarre. And it happened within an hour of us going on the air, so we sort of had the sound bites. We're going to play just this 35-second part of it where he's addressing the people who are addressing his work ethic. To think that I can accomplish everything that I've accomplished in my career um, and not be a student of the game and not, not, not have that passion and not, not take this serious is almost it's disrespectful. And it's, it's, almost, it's, it's almost a joke, you know. Um, it's, to me, 
I'm flattered. You know, I'm, I'm honestly flattered that y'all think that at my size I can go out there and not prepare for the game and not not take it serious. It's, 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 it's disrespectful, I feel like, to my peers, to all the, the great athletes and great players that are in this league. This game's too hard. To play the position that I play in this league, it's too hard. All right, I, I will say this, and Chris and I were talking about it before the show. Beware the guy who trots out his high school accomplishments uh, as, yeah. as a defense of his argument. But yes. I do think this was colossally mishandled by the team and it's not their fault if it got leaked in other ways but now the team comes in and they say hey you know we're, we're, we're pulling the language out of the deal everybody's fine is everybody fine in Arizona here Chris I don't think so I mean if they did put it out there on purpose if they did leak it on purpose what was the purpose behind it is it to that you think somehow he's going to respond positively to that and be motivated by that Um, My guess is based on that answer, that's not the case. Uh, Because every time we have an instance like this, it's so easy to handle it the right way. And and when I say instance like this, uh, a situation where uh, something blows up on 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 a player and an issue that they don't think is that big of a deal, or at least they don't want to treat like that big of a deal, uh, they don't. And for some reason, this in this instance, Kyler gave it more validity by answering the way that he did. This is what um, drives me nuts about it, because if we want to talk about who was helped by this, were, were the Cardinals annoyed at what his agent did right at the end of the season? Do they want to make sure to drive the point home? How How is this? I mean, even if it didn't happen uh, on their, you know, by uh, on purpose, I don't understand how they wouldn't anticipate something like that getting out. Like, if, if they genuinely felt like this was a problem, why not just wait to pay him and get across to him, hey, we're not going to pay you until we know you're putting the work in, and right now you're getting by on your athletic ability, but you're not it, – it, that's not going to be enough. So I, I really didn't understand that to begin with. If you have to put that clause in – why are you paying him yeah. to begin with? Exactly. I also feel like someone should – I understand Kyler wanting to defend himself, but someone within his team need to say, by going out here and doing these sound bites, all you are is furthering the story that probably would have died yesterday because, Randy, you guys would have started the show with Ryan Jensen. And yeah. said we're still yeah. here another 30-some-odd hours still talking about it. Um, so DK Metcalf. He gets paid $72 million over three years with a ball that's being thrown by Drew Locke. Uh, he's 24 years old. I guess, what is Seattle doing? And is he spending the, the prime of his career uh, in a place that doesn't seem like it's going to win this year? I, I honestly, I was surprised that it was a three-year extension because of the inability to spread that money out even further. Because what it says to me, the Seahawks are rebuilding. Right? Can we agree with that? Or, or at least close to it. They're not far yeah. off from yeah. it. So why why hand all that money in such a small clump to Metcalf? He's a tremendous player. And if you want to rebuild with him, I totally respect that. I hate the idea that these teams are constantly having to trade their their great players who are entering their prime. But um it 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 was odd. Like do you because we all know, obviously they know they don't have the answer at quarterback right now. But do they feel like, hey, you know what? If Jimmy Garoppolo gets cut, we can sign him, and then all of a sudden, maybe we can compete this year. 
I, I thought it was odd, Chris. I, I did. I thought it was. Um, it's he's a great player, but I would have thought that maybe they would have tried to recoup some of the picks that they lost in the Jamal Adams trade. Yeah, I, yeah, you know? yeah. Restock, and, yeah. and they got back with with Russell Wilson. But when you trade Wilson, like, how how did Pete Carroll win that battle between Wilson and him? Then, if you're going to pay DK Metcalf. Like, what's the point? Yeah, and then sacrifice the first year of a three-year deal, so a third of the contract, right, and $24 million yeah. at that by having, as Chris said, Drew Locke throw to him. I uh, want to get you out on this on this uh, Yankees win last night, the 39th home run of the season in game 100 of the season for, for Aaron Judge, or for the Yankees, to be more clear. So he's on pace for a, a, a better pace and a better season than even Roger Maris. He's on pace for 63 home runs. And then he could very well bolt in free agency because the Yankees mismanaged this last offseason. All of those things on the table, all of those things possibilities, Chris. Is he going to be playing for the Yankees next year? You you listen to what he's saying and the way he's handled himself this year. He's going to go, in my opinion, where the most money is no matter what. But there is something to be said for him um, being a lifelong Yankee. There, you know, for there is something to be said for the Yankees making him the captain and signing him to his long-term deal. I really think he was really, really annoyed at what happened right before the season when the Yankees told everybody what they offered him. Yeah. And now, not only do they have egg on their face for the season that he's having, and it's going to cost them probably another $100 million at least, but it's also um, one of those situations now where uh, it looks like you completely misread the entire situation of what the guy was worth. And, and I, I like if I'm him, I'm looking at a guy like Anthony Rendon who got seven for two forty five, and I I didn't get a, an offer of what Anthony Rendon would get. Come on, yeah, yeah. So you're exactly I, right. I, if you if you really made if you really pushed it on me, I would say that they would end up stepping up and and doing it and he would end up staying but i i wouldn't confidently put it there like that's like 5149 in terms of the percentages in my mind right now 5149 didn't get a whole lot then get a whole lot closer than that 51 like 51 degrees on a thermostat you know just to yes. close the loop there just to uh, bring it all is there anything wrong with being comfortable no not a thing uh, yeah no this and is- you try when sitting is, under while you ran, you do it all t- the time. You when has there know. been a TV studio that's not been enough above 59? Every, because exactly. the equipment cold. Every exactly. show. Every and everybody show. that's thinking I'm nuts, you, you sit under those hot lights with a bald head. <laughs> reminds me, reminds <laughs> me of Newman, right? Grilling, uh, grilling Jerry in Seinfeld. He's like, pretty hot exactly. under these lights, hey, Seinfeld. And he's drinking that root beer. He's like, actually, I'm quite comfortable. No, I'll tell you, every show with Sage Steel and with Nicole Briscoe was a balmy, like, 70 degree. It was dewy. Oh. It, was, it was dewy in that studio. It was, oh, they did not goodness. care about your boy at all. Chris, thank you, man. Have a great weekend, and uh, we'll try to keep this thing between the navigational beacons for another couple hours. I appreciate you guys holding it down, and I'm tired of looking like I'm being questioned. <laughs> Always. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. All right. Thanks, Thanks, Chris guys. Budden, uh, Randy Scott in for the guys on Canty and Carlin. Chris says, Chris Carlin says that Aaron Judge is going to follow the money. Where's it going to take him then? Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. 
Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Part of the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. High fly ball. Left center. Taylor on the run. On the track. At the wall. He's done it again. See ya. A walk-off home run by Aaron Judge. And the Yankees win 1-0. That's a Yes Network. That's another Aaron Judge home run. They've called 39 of them this season. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Aaron Judge, who was the only run in that Yankees win, that was a one nothing win for New York. It was their 14th shutout win of the season. And uh, fun fact here, it's the first one nothing win, Chris Budden, on a walk-off home run for the Yankees for the first time since July 22nd, 2004. It was Ruben Sierra who hit it. How old was Aaron Judge in 2004? Four. I thought, right, okay, I guess that he was actually, I, I, when I wrote the script at four something Let's in the morning. Let's do math very quickly. Well, yeah, I wrote it at 4.15 in the morning and, and I said he was two and I was off by 10 years. He was 12 because he's 30 now. I thought he was, I don't know. Yeah, I I thought thought I Did you just say 2004? 2004, he was 12 years old. You thought he was two? You thought Aaron Judge was 20 years old? I, I'm saying that I didn't carry the one, the okay. whole, like, clearly. <laughs> the common core abandoned me, is what I'm trying to say. Math is math. Math? I was told there would be no math. <laughs> uh, that's Chris Button. She's in Dallas, Texas. Uh, I'm Randy Scott here in Bristol, Connecticut. At ESPN Radio is a Twitter handle, and, and at Chris Button, Chris with a K and, and two Ds there, Button for Chris. Uh, at Randy Scott, ESPN for me. So the, que- the question now becomes, because this was so thoroughly botched, and we'll, we'll get into how poorly the Yankees handled their contract discussion with the face of their franchise this past offseason, but some some bona fides here, okay? 39 home runs, that is ahead at this point of the season. He's got a better pace than what Roger Maris had in 1961, and Maris has the Yankee franchise record. It's obviously one clear of, of Babe Ruth, but it is Roger Maris's record, and it is very much in jeopardy. He also, Aaron Judge, has been a catalyst behind 67 wins for the Yankees. It's time for their second most through 100 games in a season since World War II. And this is one of those franchises, Chris, where you can measure things by world events because they have been that significant, that successful, and that very much in the forefront of American sports discussion for that long. And I say all that to say, how did we get to a point where Aaron Judge, the question is, is he going to stay a Yankee next year? Because he's very much a free agent here in a matter of months. 
Yeah, I go back and forth on this. Maybe I'm at the 51, 49% like Chris just told us because I can see both ways. Listen, he wanted a deal done before the season, concerned about injury, totally understand. Now you bet on yourself and you're going to basically going to set yourself up for a record contract. And so obviously you're going to try the open market. Who goes after you? I also... Maybe it's because I've been watching the captain with Derek Jeter, and he's one of those guys. Like, I can't see in another jersey. I can't see him putting on another uniform that doesn't say mm. New York across the chest. But people are going to go after him. Uh, how high? Like, if you're the Yankees, you botch this. You've just driven the price up ridiculously. Because let's say Steve Cohen, uh huh, with all his money, go on, says Aaron, come play with me. Just, just you know, take the train mm-hmm. over to Queens. Yeah, we'll build the pieces around you. I had the money to do it. Mm-hmm. I got Scherzer. Come play for us. Mm-hmm. You know what? They didn't believe in you. They didn't give you the contract. Come, come, mm-hmm. come over to the Mets. Yeah, you don't even we have know to you move. You like New York? Yeah, we got good food in Queens. <laughs> you don't even have to move, man. You, yeah. Your address stays the same. Maybe buy a second place, even closer to the ballpark, if you want. Uh, Chris Carlin was just on. We were talking to him a little bit about Aaron Judge, and uh, he, he weighed in. He, what he thinks will happen with Judge after this season. He's going to go, in my opinion, where the most money is no matter what. But there is something to be said for him being a lifelong Yankee. For There is something to be said for the Yankees making him the captain and signing him to his long-term deal. I really think he was really, really annoyed at what happened right before the season when the Yankees told everybody what they offered him. Not only do they have egg on their face for the season that he's having, and it's going to cost them probably another $100 million, but it's also um, one of those situations now where uh, it looks like you completely misread the entire situation of what the guy was worth. And the, the, the situation that, that Carlin is referencing was – very clear from Brian Cashman himself. Brian Cashman told reporter this was not leaked. This was not, you know, we're hearing the Yankees offered. No, this was Brian Cashman Friday, very early in the season, like first week of the season. It was April 8th. And he said, we were unsuccessful in concluding a multi-year pact. And he outlined the offer. He said it was a seven-year, $213.5 million extension, which when you paired it with the $17 million that they'd already offered in arbitration, and then obviously that number came up would have made the entire thing worth more than $230 million. So, you know, Kyler Murray money, it's in a different sport, but that's that's the number that's put out there. This is a $300 million man. You know, if Corey Seager gets $300 million from the Texas Rangers, I mean, that's a significant difference. And that is seemingly, to me, Chris, where that discussion starts now. This thing starts with a three. And it, it, it to me, the offer came because of a number, another number, three, because he was 30. So what is the long-term projection of him in terms of, you know, if this isn't a Juan Soto 24-year-old, you know, I I can bank on him being great for the next year. And then Judge is like, okay, you think I'm a little old? Here, I'm going to go have the best season of my life at 30 years old. And, yeah, so listen, the the number is going to be astronomical. Are the Yankees the highest bidder? That I don't know. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you're New York, you do not want to bid against yourselves. But you're right about Steve Cohen. You're right about Steve Cohen also being in the uh, Shohei Otani business, very much involved in in perhaps some of those discussions as well. And you would think with Max Scherzer and Jacob DeGrom 
and Pete uh, potentially, potentially yeah. yeah, Pete Alonso and but but potentially Aaron Judge and and Shohei. You can't afford all of those kind. Even Steve Cohen can't. Not within the current <laughs> salary structures and limitations of Major League Baseball. It's just Aaron Judge. You talk about betting on yourself and not taking that deal. I mean, who walks away from two hundred thirty million dollars potentially? And and look, he could be uh, banking even more money than that. One of our very best insiders is going to join us next to discuss the very latest on Aaron Judge, as well as Shohei Otani, the Major League Baseball trade deadline. And uh, smaller names could have big impacts come the postseason. Chris Budden, Randy Scott, and for the guys, it's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. I, I want to wait. I want to wait for the songs to allow for the the words to come in, but we never really get to that, do we? We never really do. It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. The Sirius XM Channel 80, ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. She is Chris Budden. She is in Dallas, Texas. I'm Randy Scott here in Bristol, Connecticut. He is Buster Olney. Joining us as all guests do on 888-SAY-ESPN on Canty and Carlin. He's our ESPN baseball insider. He's actually at JFK Airport right now, which means... He's in the sixth circle of hell when it comes to travel. If we're being, he's going to fly out to San Francisco. Buster, one thing I've learned: the locals love it when you call it San Fran or Frisco. They're really, <laughs> he knows. Oh, they're really yeah, big. Kind of like, kind of like saying Bean Town when you go to Boston, right? <laughs> yeah. Or like when Not they say bring a jacket because what is it? The coldest winter I ever spent was a summer in San Francisco. Oh, yeah. Chris knows Tony Bennett. They love that. <laughs> they love it. All right. So because you're at JFK and because we've been talking about Aaron Judge for the last 20 minutes or so, 39 home runs now. He's ahead of Maris's pace. Uh, 100 games in the season. No one's been this far along in the home run race since Bonds and uh, Luis Gonzalez in 2001. And yet the Yankees have put him in a position to prove it this year. And that, that's all he's done. Night in, night out. Is he more or less likely to stay with the Yankees next year than he was perhaps even at the start of July? And let's face it, guys, I'm just guessing here. Uh, I think it makes it less likely he stays with the Yankees uh, because, you know, what we're seeing is him is doing more to inspire the one or two or three owners with other teams to, who are, to say, I want that guy to be my franchise player. I love his power. I love the defense. I love the leadership. Uh, you know, it feels like all year he's checked every single box, you know, playing under pressure. Uh, his base running has even gotten better. And, uh, he has been absolutely remarkable while doing it all in the biggest market in baseball. And, and look, I, I do think the Yankees will raise their offer, you know, from the $213.5 million. Uh, but I also have known, covered that team long enough to know that if the numbers get nutty, 
they will say no. You know, they'll fold their hands. If the numbers go, let's say, into the mid-300s, I don't think the Yankees are going to chase that. And I think we've seen that, um, you know, when Derek Jeter had his negotiations and he wanted a high number in 2010 during that ugliness when Robinson Cano became a free agent. Um, uh, uh, there have been other situations, too. I-, I think that they will be aggressive in trying to keep him. But if somebody who comes in and, and really wants to blow him out of the water, Steve Cohen, the owner of the Mets, uh, maybe the Giants. I don't think the Yankees are going to chase him. Buster, we're all on Otani watch as the trade deadline looms. And Jeff Passan was on Barton Hahn today saying there's a he thinks 5% chance that the Angels trade Otani. What would you put the percentage at and why? Uh, 0.5%. <laughs> 0.5%. I think it's less. I think what what's happening here. Uh, is that the Angels are just gathering information for conversations that might have to take place this winter uh, because he is eligible for free agency after the 2023 season. If they don't trade him uh, now, then that's going to be a conversation in the wintertime if they can't sign him to a long-term deal. I I sense no expectation that they're going to be able to do that. So, yes, I think he's going to be traded, but not now. I I think this is about the Angels just sitting back and listening um, I, I've talked to sources within that organization who have no expectation that Artie Moreno, their owner, is going to uh, come on board and say, yes, make that trade. Here's something else to keep in mind. The Angels make a lot of money through sponsorships uh, built around Otani. So it would raise a question about what are they going to do with that money <laughs> if Otani was suddenly traded midseason? It's worthwhile for them to keep him for the rest of this year. Talking with Buster Olney, our ESPN baseball insider here on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Chris Budden and Randy Scott in for the guys. I, I, listen, I have to talk about, for now, uh, Otani's teammate in Mike Trout. I don't understand, Buster, why the fact that there is a generational talent, mm-hmm. and I mean generational talent in baseball in Mike Trout, who has this mysterious, you know, potentially career-threatening spinal injury, why this isn't a bigger topic. And maybe it's because his, his more globally recognized teammate is commanding the storylines, but Mike Trout... There are those who are at least putting the possibility out there that Mike Trout doesn't play baseball again. Why isn't this a bigger deal? Yeah, and Randy, maybe because they're talking to the same people that I am, you know, close to Trout, close to the Angels, who feel like that this spun completely uh, way beyond where they where they well, thought it was going to when the information was released. It's their own trainer uh, doing it, though. Right, and, and I, I think that if they had a mulligan, I don't think that uh, – that the same words would be spoken. <laughs> I'm not arguing with you on that. Um, you know, Trout has privately told mutual friends, like, really? I'm going to play again this year. Like, he's very <laughs> confident he's going to play. The Angels are confident he's going to play again this year. They're confident that he's going to play again going forward. And, you know, one uh, official with another team who talked to the Angels about this told me that it's sort of like, you know, when you talk about a pitcher having some uh, knee issue or having some hip hip issue, uh, or or something else. Yeah, it's something that's going to require maintenance as he goes forward. But at this point, there's no expectation that it's going to keep him off the field for an extended period of time going in the future. We'll see. It is something. I mean, when you're dealing with a spine, we'll we'll see how that progresses. But everybody I'm talking to uh, around Trout, around the Angels, are saying no. It, it got went way more way way went way beyond where they uh, where they feel like the information actually is. Okay, okay, Buster. We know you got to take a flight, so very quickly. Trade deadline is Tuesday. Uh, is Juan Soto staying with the Nationals, or more likely to be in a different clubhouse by Tuesday evening? 
Yeah, Chris, I think he's going to be in a different clubhouse. Uh, I, I think this whole thing has been driven by the ownership transfer with the Nationals, where the incoming owners basically saying to the Lerner family, which owns the team now, look, you need to resolve this one way or the other, uh, which is why they gave him that record-setting offer. And when a 23-year-old turns down the most money ever offered any player in history of baseball, that might be an indication he doesn't want to play with you. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think now that, uh, you know, the, the uh, as we go forward, um, you know, they're having talks with other teams. Uh, other teams are telling me today they sense the Nationals are getting focused. The perception is that the Padres are the most aggressive team. The Mariners are in play. Uh, the, the Cardinals could be in play, although people doubt whether they have the stomach to give up as many prospects as the Padres are talking about. The Padres. I did not have the Padres in my top five. That's Buster Olney dropping that pearl as we head into the weekend. Buster, thank you, man. Go uh, Enjoy the rest of your Friday. We appreciate it. Okay, guys, great to talk with you. Oh, always with Buster Olney, our ESPN Baseball Insider. And a reminder, tune into an NL battle on Sunday as the Giants host the Cubs. Coverage of Sunday Night Baseball begins at 6 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app and at 7 p.m. on ESPN. You're going to hear and see Buster Olney on both of those platforms. One NFC East quarterback said this could be the golden year for his team. And that team hasn't won a title in nearly 30 years. I'm saying it with a big smile in my face and a big song in my heart. We'll see if Chris Bud, <laughs> Chris, deep sides. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Sirius XM Channel 80. Chris Budden, Randy Scott in for the guys. Uh, Chris is going to see, Chris is going to go to the movies tonight. And you were, t- what was the last movie you saw? Because you were talking about how, how your mom hasn't been in how long? Five years. Five years. But the streak was broken for Top Gun. Okay, Top Gun Maverick. Yeah. And you're going to... So what was the last movie you saw? Oh, I, I went... To, I got kids. I, I saw the, like, the Gru, the new Gru movie. Me too. Me yeah. too. It was good. It was. Yeah. yeah. Do your kids talk like minions, though, for weeks <laughs> after? My three-year-old like, does, but not on purpose, just because she's... She's three. Sounds like one. Boca de Beppo. Yeah. All right. So... <laughs> so Yeah. It's like it's like part Portuguese, part Italian, part Spanish. Just um, say Boca de Beppo over and over. And I saw an interview with uh, Steve Carell where he was like... They were like, how did you manage to ch- you know, change your voice for the younger Gru character? And he's like, oh, it was the most difficult thing I ever had to do. And he just deadpanned it. And he's like, because Gru will talk like this, and then younger Gru will talk like this. And that was it. It was just <laughs> over. So you're seeing Top Gun Maverick. Yeah. And what's your concern about it going in? Because it's been out because for a while. It's been out for a while. And I've been shocked at the amount of praise that I've gotten. For- like, if you told me there was going to be one movie that was a bust, it would be the Top Gun sequel. Like, how can this be better than the original? And apparently it is. Everyone. Yeah. I have not met a single human being who did not like the movie, which means I'm like the bar is way too high. Yeah. Way too high. And now I'm going to go in and now I'm like, this is going to suck. I, I, I want to bring it. I want to bring it down just a little bit. The ending. <laughs> the ending is preposterous. Okay. So if so, just don't expect things to, you know, life lessons and blah blah blah. It's just the ending is is stupid in how unlikely it is. It's like they just built and built and built, and then they're like, oh my god, we have to end this thing. And it was like, all right, let's. Well, what if this and what if that? And they threw a bunch of stuff on the wall, and that was it. But what I will say is, especially as a parent, I. I mean. I, I was emotional. I was emotional to watch this movie, and it feels silly because you 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 think it's just this popcorn flick and you know expensive plane go fast and whatever else and cheesy tagline, and there is some of that. And, and what they do with cameras now and and you know technologically that they couldn't do in '86 when the original came out, very different. And that's what makes it better from just a production standpoint. But there are you know the idea of of uh, of being a parent, the idea of of losing a parent. 
because uh, Goose is referenced in the movie. Like, I, I got emotional, and I would see it again in a heartbeat. I love that movie. you tell me I movie. need to bring tissues? I was not emotionally prepared for this. I thought I was going to go, like, maybe get some motion sickness based uh-huh. on the IMAX, the Dolby sound, but yeah. might need to bring along some, some tissues. It is loud. I'll say that. I was one of those, like, as it started, I was like, is it going to be this loud? You know, I'm very... <laughs> Turn into an old man, but I'm curious. Let these to, seats recline. We gotta, <laughs> we gotta follow up. I'm curious what your uh, how your husband reacts to it as well. More Canty and Carlin on the way. Good time. All right, happy birthday to Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott turning 29 years old today. So my math says uh, he was born in the 90s. That's about all I got. What do we got? 93? Is that right? 93. He was born in 93. Okay, yeah, not everybody. I thought there wasn't going to be math. Not everybody at once. Yeah, he was born in 93. All right, so he was not even two years old when the Cowboys last won their Super Bowl, right? They won their last Super Bowl in 1995, or was it like the 90? Yeah, it was 95. Yeah. So when Dak Prescott, now you turn 29 on July 29th, it's your golden birthday. So when Dak Prescott says this is going to be a golden year for the Cowboys, do you think he knows that the Lombardi Trophy is not gold? <laughs> Sorry. It's just, you know, just a just a <gasps> rub it in. We're not going to win one. A little bit. Here's the deal. You know it's bad when Emmett Smith is telling telling Cowboys fans that you're not mentally the team isn't mentally prepared to win. He told the Cowboys si.com that Dallas chokes because its players are not built for the moment. Hmm. And I don't disagree, considering for my father's 65th birthday, I got tickets to the Niners-Cowboys game. I was like, I am the best daughter ever, okay? Mm-hmm. 50-yard line, we go, and then um, epically collapse there at the end because no one can get to the line. <laughs> do, do In order to win, how about we stop making stupid penalties? And it's the only team I ever say we. You know what? I, I got away from this. Yeah, this, now it. I'm upset again. Now I'm upset. Let's go. I, I'm neutral. I don't care about the Cowboys. This is why I don't have fandom because you know what? They let you down. You don't sound like you don't care. That's the thing. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead. I'll raise my hand for that. I'll go ahead and say it doesn't sound like Chris <laughs> Budden doesn't care. By the way, sorry, I should have got all excited about Dak Prescott's birthday. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. And Sirius XM Channel 80 ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. She's Chris Budden. You might have guessed bit of a Dallas Cowboys fan. Mm. I'm Randy Scott, might have guessed not. I don't actively root <laughs> I don't actively root against the Cowboys. I think the NFL is more compelling when the Cowboys are good, you know. Yeah. Uh I think I think for a lot of people the Cowboys are just so associated with, you know, childhood memories and not just because that's how far back you have to go when they, you know, contended for Super Bowls, but it's it, they're part of your Thanksgiving. Everyone's everyone who watches football on Thanksgiving has seen some iteration of the Dallas Cowboys. And so for Dak Prescott uh, to come out here now and say, hey, we've got it this season, I don't know. I'm, I, you know, Michael Gallup is still rounding in a form. Uh, it sounds like he could, there's a chance he misses week one in the ACL recovery. Mari Cooper's gone. Seems like you're putting a lot on C.D. Lamb, and I know they like mm-hmm. uh, I know they like the tight end room. T- t- yeah, Gallup. Yeah, and, you know, and Zeke says that he's healthy after the PCL uh, issue a season ago that I gave him a ton of credit for playing through, but it did – Certainly cost them some some explosiveness, and I know you have Tony Pollard defensively. Button, do they have enough? Um, 
I think they do, but but I still go think it goes down to just they continue to shoot themselves in the foot, and Mike McCarthy is taking over the offensive play calling. Like, I don't know that that's a good idea. You couldn't even manage getting people up to the line. I'm, I'm to the point of, like, I don't get my hopes up anymore. I thought last year would have been the year. They looked so good at the beginning of the season. I went to the Eagles Monday Night Football game. Sorry to bring that up, Kim. Like, mm-hmm. they, they looked really good. And then you go and the pressure gets on and they, they can't put it together. And part of me thought, oh, are there moments that Dak is overthinking things? Is there a concern, you know, with the leg where – I? I I don't know that I can run because I felt like watching in moments that there was a little bit of hesitation there. Hopefully now that he's gone through an entire season after playing on it, that's gone. They need better offensive line protection in general. They do have some money left to get some guys uh, in order to get some better protection. But I don't know. I, I mean, defensively, I think they're fine. I think it's the offense that decides whether or not they win or lose this. All right, well, to your point about the offense, Sam Acho, our ESPN football analyst, was on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, and we just talked about some of the questions at the wide receiver room, which was such a bedrock, just such a foundational element of this team in terms of consistency last year with Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper and, and C.D. Lamb. Here's Acho on the receivers and who's going to be the key. It'll be, can CD be a number one, like a bona fide number one, like, hey, double team and I'm still making plays? Number one, that's key number one. And then number two is, who's going to step up at wide receiver number two? Uh, we all know who's gone from the Dallas Cowboys wide receiving core. Uh, and we also know that CD had some drop issues last year. And so the question is, will CD be what CD was drafted to be? Right? He has opportunity to answer that. And then secondly, if he does do that, Who's going to step up in that number two slot, especially with Michael Gallup still being injured? That's to me it's as simple as that. I can you get seventeen games out of C D Lamb? I don't know. Can you get seventeen oh. games out, out, out of anybody? I, I don't know. But I, I could see him being an absolute target monster. Having that season under his belt with uh with Dak Prescott rounding into form. Like he's just showing flashes of why they gave him the eighty eight there in Dallas. I do think you have to get something from the ground game in Zeke Elliott to make people respect the passing game, um, and I don't know that Ze- I don't know I don't know that Zeke Elliott's that guy. Maybe Tony Pollard spells him on third down enough to where Zeke can stay fresh. Well, they had enough of the tandem between the two of them, and almost felt yeah. like at the end of the year that it, they were splitting it fifty fifty between Pollard and, and Zeke. So I I think that's fine, but you do need a number two, and I, and. Uh, I haven't watched enough of camp to to figure out who that would be. Um, hey, maybe you need maybe you need Diggs and and, and Micah to get you some little <laughs> pick sixes and <laughs> yeah, yeah, defense and offense. Yeah, who are you? Who are you taking in the NFC? Like, put your fandom up on a high shelf, a real high shelf, unreachable star. Put it up there. All right, who are you taking to win the NFC East? Oh, uh, wait, just the East now? Like, just not- the NFC East? <laughs> Don't get greedy. Don't no, get... but I'm saying like now you're like the, in in the East yeah. there is the Cowboys and there's everyone else that you hate. So if there if there was going to be another team that I would have to give it to, you got to give me the whole NFC. You you're going to sit here and think on this program I'm going to say the Eagles pick the division. Yeah, I I because the correct answer is the Eagles. But tell me tell <laughs> but but all right. I but mean, if say... there's any other team, it's going to be the Eagles because uh-huh. it's not going to be Daniel Jones. It's not going to be Daniel Jones. I'm, I don't think it's going to be the Commanders. See, I can see Washington being annoying, although really? it looks like Chase Young might miss week one. Um, I can see Washington being real frisky. Yeah, Terry McLaurin, Carson Wentz, 
if Wentz doesn't go full Wentz, you know, you never want to go full Wentz. And if Wentz doesn't go full Wentz, I could see Washington being frisky, just being annoying in like November, December, you know, where you, you look at the calendar, you, Chris Button, look at the calendar and you're like, I don't like this. I don't like this at all. Maybe maybe the division's as bad as it would be last year. And <laughs> I would say. I mean, apparently things didn't look very good out of Eagles training camp today either. So I think 10 wins gets it done. And I, I think Philly gets 10. Philly, I see Philly with 10 wins. I don't know if. I don't know. I don't know if Dallas gets there. We'll see. I hope I'm wrong because, as I said, the NFL is better. The whole sport is more compelling when the Cowboys are good. Uh, are the Cardinals good with their quarterback, Kyler Murray? Are you good? I'm good, man. What kind of a reputation hit does he have to overcome? It's Kenton Carlin, ESPN Radio.